right, we are back. Uh, it's been been a couple weeks. This is the Blue Moon Eye Podcast with your hosts Nathan Bond and uh, Anthony Vito. It's a I'm gonna say it's a Friday afternoon. We're taking our lunch break to kind of record something, just to say hello and and hang out for a minute, talk to someone who's you know not related to us or uh, <laughs> married to or about to be married to. Um, this is nice, so, Nate. Yeah. This is nice. A little, a little lunchtime pod. <laughs> It's it's nice, man. It's it's just nice to talk to someone again. Yeah, you know, some things have happened. We'll you know briefly kind of uh, go over that and see see where it takes us. Really, no uh, agenda for this one. Just wanted to say hello and and just you know talk. Um, you know, off the top, I mean, there's been some news. Um, the the Miac canceled their fall sports season, which means USF is not playing Bethune Cookman. For their home opener, so the the new home opener is uh, versus Nevada, the, the I believe the following week. And uh, who knows if USF is going to have to pay for that that buy game? It's going to be interesting to see how the Texas, um, you know, deal kind of shakes out. Because if USF somehow gets money from Texas, it means Bethune's probably going to get money from USF. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, everything's up in the air. You know, I think Texas came out and said, you know, no more than 50, 50% capacity or so um, likely for the game. Um, September 5th, I just, I mean, it, we're 43 days away. I'm not seeing it uh, anytime soon. Uh, especially with Florida and Texas being two hot spots. I mean, Austin, especially Tampa, Hillsborough County. I don't, it just, it, it seems like, there's a lot of kicking the can down the road until somebody says no and no one's saying no because there's no really, you know, there's no top shelf of the NCAA. It's all just conference commissioners and everyone trying to still make it happen. But right. And, it, and it's, it's tough for fans for, you know, I'm sure for the administrators are like, all right, we, we need some direction here, folks. Um, you know, there was contradicting reports. Um, over the last month or so, uh, regarding you know high-level donors being told uh, not to plan for travel for that Texas game, and it's give us something definitive. It's mm-hmm. been it's been four months. You've had four months, and you're you know just continue to kick the can down the road. The NCAA kind of sent out that you know, their, their thoughts and findings uh, a week ago or a little over a week ago. And um, there's a very uh, important graph um, where it says, uh, okay, this is where we were in April. This is where we thought we'd be at this point, And we are nowhere near this point. Uh, and who knows what's going to happen. We've got Lex Luther uh, joining the uh, podcast as well. What's going on, Colin? Uh, yeah. Hi. So I'm in the middle of the day. Um, I just want to, I want to throw something out here. Um, I can't really like stay in podcast, unfortunately. Um, but one, I hope everybody gets in me break, read Nate's piece today. Cause I thought it was really good. And secondly, um, we're not playing football. This ain't happening. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. It sucks. I'm as pissed off about it as everybody else is. I still, for some reason, haven't canceled my hotel in Austin yet. Not really sure why. It's just like that, that like fingernail of hope just like hanging on. But there's absolutely no chance that that game's getting played. 
Um, no, this ain't happening. We're not going to play football. It sucks. We might in the spring. It seems like 9 million countries across the planet trying to like get a vaccine going. Looks like we're making some good progress there. So we could possibly play football next year. I don't think we can play like 12 games in the spring and then 12 games in the fall because that's not really good for the kids, but we could play like six games in the spring, maybe, maybe seven. And then like a 10 or 11 game season next year, instead of 12 in the fall and just sort of like bunch it all together. It's going to be fine. We're going to get football back someday, but um, let us dispense with the fallacy as Marco Rubio would say that we're playing football this year. Because we ain't playing football this year. So start watching your NBA. Start watching the WNBA. Uh, I don't know how the NFL is going to work. I'm still not sure that's totally going to work yet. Well, you can't you know, swap jerseys, but they can tackle each other for 60 minutes. So that's a good start. I mean, it's just like, come on. Breathe on each other. You know, seven people on the line of scrimmage. Just uh, th- That's what gets me is, I mean... A tackle, fine. Maybe you come in contact with somebody 20 times because you make a tackle. But you got the offensive line, defensive line, over the ball, the entirety of the game. Like, you're breathing on each other. You're sweating on each other. Like, that is that is on top of each other more than any other sport, really. I guess maybe, I mean. Yeah. The line of scrimmage is like a pass-the-virus zone. That's what it is. <laughs> it is the length of the football and just where you can pass the virus back and forth to each other. So... This is insane. Like, I don't... It's it's funny that you bring up spring, and we kind of started about, like, what we thought all the possibilities were. Just, I've been listening to a lot of just random college football podcasts just because there's no PAPN or shutdown full cast anymore to, you know, expound on this stuff. But, like, I think it was the solid verbal yesterday that said, let's say we don't get any season, no fall, no spring, no hybrid. What if we just did, you know, the, 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 the month of May, just everybody's rivalry weekend, all throughout the entire month of May? Just one game. I like it. Like, huh, that's a, that's a fun concept. I mean, the fun concepts are good to kind of come up with, but like there's well, no yeah. way conference commissioners are going to figure that out. Well, you, yeah, you do it that way because spring, um, you just make spring 20 practices instead of 15. Hell yeah. And, and maybe even play two. Like I kind of like that just to, you know, get some dollars in the door. Hell, there, there are these schools like Alabama that put like 70,000 people in the seats for the damn spring game. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it was an exhibition against Auburn, they're going to sell a billion tickets and make some money that's going to be needed because everybody's poor. Everybody is poor. This is the part everybody's forgetting is that we're going to have serious financial crunch crisis time as well. Everybody's going to be broke. Even the rich programs are going to be broke. So speaking of broke, if we don't get that Texas game in or the money, what are, what are we thinking? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, and, uh, so, yeah, so that, that 1.9 is, is pretty crucial. And then uh, if you are going to be remote, how are you going to pass off those athletic fees to the students and their tuition? How are you, gonna, how are you going to do that? So Matt Brown discussed this in his email newsletter, extra points, $7 a month subscribe today. Um, they're going to pay him. And like NCA&T was already like, somebody sent them a letter, a public records request, like, 
are we still charging the athletic fee? And they're like, yep, we still have expenses. We're still charging the fee. It seems to be nobody has pulled back on the athletic fee yet uh, because of uh, COVID. Um, and I think that they're just going to have to look, man, if I'm a, if I'm a USF student and I'm not getting free, even free tickets to the games, I'm furious. I got to pay this fee, but you're going to have to pay this fee. And I'm even more mad if I'm at like FIU. Can you imagine being an FIU who pays more an athletic fee than we do for totally shitty, shitty football. And they, and they still have to fund their program after all of this. Like I'd be, Furious! I'd be mad if I was a USF student. I'd be burning stuff down if I was an FIU student. You got to at least tell me what am I going to get in my future semesters. Now, if you're a senior, it's like, I mean, right. hearts go out to all the senior in high school, college, everyone going through their senior year right now because my goodness, it's gonna, it's completely changing the way you thought your last year was going to be. But as a freshman, if you say I got to pay these fees, you got to give me something. My sophomore year, you got to give me you know, some other reason outside of just free entry to these games. If you're a senior, you should get season, you should get season tickets next year. Oh, that'd be perfect. You like, know, that's I mean? a good like at least uh, at least that's something to say. This is what we need to do. And I mean, even if we have games next year, you never know how many season ticket holders are going to just drop because again, uh, people that may not have the spending money. Yeah, I think I think USF should go ahead and and give out season tickets to everybody who um, has to pay an athletic fee and doesn't get to actually watch football this upcoming year or even any college sports because it might be worse. All right. I got to go back to work. Steve's here. Um, Good transition. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, I am. uh, Oh, and and take uh, Seattle tomorrow minus five and a half in the UNBA. It's a layup gift. It's a gift. Take it. I was going to say minus five and a half. Go for it. Yeah. Seattle minus five and a half against New York. Uh, Liberty are going to be fine. Not tomorrow. Okay. Got to go. Bye. Shout out to Colin Sherwin and DK nation as well because we're just giving shout outs all over the place. But uh, hi, Steve, what's up? I, that was, I, I never recognized Colin anymore. Like I, I thought he was, God, he looks, I'm going to retract the, my statement. <laughs> the way that he was recording, because he looks like Lex Luthor, he had the iPad like this. It looks like he was in bed. I'm like, oh my gosh, no sports I, is killing him. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were doing like a therapy session for him there for a second. Like he, he looks, oh my God, I, I wanted to give him a hug. Like I thought we were going to talk about his problems, uh, his lack of sports, his lack. I mean, he was watching Ukrainian table tennis at 2 a.m. some days. Just felt bad for the guy. I mean, Hungarian, not Ukrainian. It's a difference at this point. <laughs> I mean, our, our my lunch break's only an hour, Steve. I don't think we have enough time to get into Colin's problem. Yeah, same, actually. <laughs> Uh, well, I appreciate you hopping on. We can kind of seamlessly transition a little bit. Um, mm. You've kind of been on the, the recruiting scene for us over the last, uh, know, what, eight, ten months or so? Maybe yeah. even longer. I, I can't even remember. Um, but USF still continues to pull in these recruits, um, you know, during quarantine. Uh, a question that I've had, you know, just kind of floating around in my head mm. um, these juniors that are committing, do you see them like leaving? Like, what if there's no football season? How does that change, you know, the commitment structure of every single team? Um, maybe some of the late bloomers don't get, you know, the proper recognition. How, how are you seeing um, maybe decommits, future commits kind of uh, playing out? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's going to be always contingent on what happens to, um, you know, their, their local high school sports 
uh, league. So obviously in Florida, it's, it's completely up in the air. What's going to happen there. Um, no one kind of has an idea just yet of when sports are going to be played, but I have a good feeling that a lot of these guys, um, if their respective sports don't play, they're probably going to go ahead and early enroll into USF. Um, and it's already happened where some of these kids that, um, are in the, you know, the junior class, they're reclassifying themselves, um, so that they can basically enroll at, at their universities early. Um, UNC actually had the prime example of that. They pulled in the number one defensive back in the country, I think. Um, and he's reclassifying to join UNC now. Um, I think he has to still sit, but he will be at the universe like UNC starting in the fall, um, you know, doing the dual enrollment classes and everything like that. So I'd imagine that's probably going to take a, a toll on, um, you know, all the classification uh, thereafter. But a lot of these kids are probably going to just do seven on seven camps, um, you know, do skill camps where they can, uh, O-line camps uh, throughout the state and, and kind of build up their film that way if they're choosing not to reclassify and they're still going to sign on early signing day. I would imagine almost all of the, all of them are going to sign on early signing day anyways. I don't think we're going to get too many stragglers unless they're just really trying to itching for that last second push uh, to get a big school. But I, I think you're going to see a lot of early signing day. I think you're going to see basically the entire class done by then. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I know. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff Scott said, you know, uh, his signing date uh, in February that, you know, it's different for him now because usually by, by February of the, you know, that signing day, that signing period, they've at Clemson, they had all of their class committed except for maybe one or two guys. So mm-hmm. it's going to be nice to maybe start that transition of you know, getting everyone in in December and then start for the next year from December to February and, you know, maybe, maybe pick someone up who, uh, you know, flips or decommits or something like that, or gets, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some Juco or, or, you know, D1 transfers. And USF is really going to benefit from keeping their recruits in state. Um, you know, we have so many kids that are, that are within a, a two hour drive committed to USF right now and, and kids right up the road at Auburndale, like, a lot of these guys are going to start uh, January one at USF. It seems like, and that's where USF's in-state recruiting this year is really going to play pay its benefits. I don't think you're going to see many decommits. I think you know there's a chance here and there, but for the most part, this class is pretty solid and pretty um, pretty you know all in on, on Jeff Scott, um, especially Gabe Neely right now. I was kind of worried he was going to be a head case and just kind of you know pop in and out and, and, and decommit, but he seems like he's all in for for Jeff right now. So I have a I have a follow up with that. Um, mm-hmm. Just looking at getting all these commitments during the pandemic is great. Uh, a lot of these play, places know USF and, and know the facilities or lack thereof, mm-hmm. or what the possible possibility for the future is. But um, it seems like Jeff Scott's got him on board, even even through all of this, doing what they can. Um, do you think with the high school season possibly being canceled, abbreviated, what have you, that's going to affect what early signing day is or what? Uh, national signing day is do you think what happens there might change uh, what the ncaa does i I think that there's a chance that the ncaa is going to be like yeah go ahead and sign like if your season got canceled if hs if if fhsaa cancels like high school season i i mean i think the ncaa might have might show a little bit of leniency and be like yeah just go and sign like go ahead it's i mean at that point you're just delaying the inevitable a lot of the times and I mean, the early signing day was kind of set up for those kids to get in right away. 
if they wanted to enroll in early enroll. And I think at this point, you're just, you're basically just delaying the inevitable few, if your season's canceled, you're already committed, it might as well be an option, you know, September one, make an early, early signing day or something like that. Just crazy to think if you don't have a senior year, like you're, you're going off the tape that you already do have, but mm-hmm. that might be a, I, I could see it both ways, but it might be a benefit for a team like USF who someone might up like a power five school might swoop swoop in and try to get you at the at the back end before you sign mm-hmm. early signing day but it's it's like hey look i'm I'm sticking with w- what i know maybe the power five programs um stay where they're at but that could also have a reverse effect of well here's some out-of-state guys i don't really know anything about that i would like to get but i only see mm-hmm. one year tape maybe i'll stick to one of these guys that i know at least has uh, a solid track record and I know the school and I know the location. So it's like, you can kind of see it both ways, but everyone's kind of adapting. And it's, it seems like at least right now with jet, with having a clean slate, mm-hmm. USF's able to say, this is what we're going to do. And they don't have anything to prove otherwise. So it's kind of yeah. nice to be able to have that blank slate. And, and they're absolutely killing it on the, the recruiting trail. They're just blazing through. And I, I mean, I, I barely keep up with the offers that get sent out anymore. Um, I tried to retweet them as they, as they came out, but I mean, they're having these daily conversations with the players, their parents, you know, the, the important people in their life. Um, I know uh, Chris Torello over at um, Spectrum did a, did a piece about the recruiting class so far and all, all uh, Desmond Mamoti, Gunnar Greenwald, and I think, uh, I think Jalen Stokes um, all said, I mean, they're having daily conversations with, um, with the coaching staff, with the players, parents, and everything like that. And you're seeing that, that level of the Clemson commit where once you're committed, it's, I think they kind of said it's kind of like a marriage. Like, you know, you could still like, you know, obviously have your eyes open at, at, at times and everything like that, but it's a commitment. You know, once you say, I'm going to go to the University of South Florida, is that going to actually stay consistent? Kind of how like Clemson did it could. Um, I, I think it's ambitious and I love it because I'm tired of hyping up these kids saying they're the next best thing. And then all of a sudden they commit to Nebraska like a couple weeks later. But you know, once, once I think we get a good voting and build the program back up, build the on-campus um, practice facility and everything like that, it's going to pay its dividends and, and you're going to see consistent top recruiting classes in the conference and probably even in the country. I mean, we're in the hotbed. We have an up and coming coach, you know, we have new facilities that are going to be built why not pull a five-star kid could happen. I wouldn't doubt it, especially with the coaching staff that they put together right now. Exactly. I'm just looking uh, through it um, real quick. Uh, so since June 24th, so in the last month, Yosef's uh, secured commit from uh, Daquan Stanley, uh, Grambling State offense tackle to Montreal Jacobs, uh, Gabe Neely from Gulliver Prep, uh, former Rutgers DB TJ Robinson, uh, Nicholas Sabuti, oh man, sorry, sorry to my Canadian man. I, I was never going to get your name right, brother. Um, and, uh, John Cannon in the last month, um, mm-hmm. with no in-person visits, no campus visits, no camps, just hard work on, on the zoom and, and, and texting and what, whatever else, uh, the, the coaches are figuring out what to do and it, it's paying off. I think, uh, once, once you get this staff out on the road truly and, and getting into their homes, I think it's going to really pay off. That Trey Jacob once is very interesting because he announced his attention to transfer like 
five days before he committed to USF. So, I mean, they're active on that transfer portal website. Mm. God help me if I ever get to access to that. Cause <laughs> that, that'd be, that'd be the day, but I mean, they're, they're, they're doing it right now. And um, we had a conversation in the Slack channel about, you know, the, the big, you know, there's not the, the board that we have left. Um, there's some good guys left. Uh, there's some top targets that they have left. I think that there are immediate pressing needs. Um, obviously, I think we need to get some recruits along the offensive line and on the offensive side of things. Um, thus far, it's been a really defensive heavy um, and special teams heavy as well uh, with three essentially special teams commits. So I, I think, you know, we're going to see some offensive players. I think there's a few running backs on the board and wide receivers and um, an offensive tackle too that we're going to see a commit here soon. Uh, but don't, don't rule out transfer portal. Um, a lot of these guys that had to come home because of the pandemic are from the Bay area and you know, KJ sales is hitting them up and, and saying, Hey, you know, why go back and, and, and why go back up to Iowa? Why go back up to Nebraska when you can be great now? You know, you met right the bench up there. You could start here now. So I think, uh, I think, you know, having a combination of these players doing some recruiting, uh, some good graphics. I mean, I have to give kudos to the, the football recruiting graphics that they're putting out right now. Um, and, and the videos that they're doing, I mean, Marketing is taking off. There's a lot of really good things going on right now. Now it's just about can people still rally during a pandemic year that could be a bad football season and still come back and support this team through and throughout. So it should be a good time. I do have to hop out here and, and, and eat some lunch here in a second. So uh, I'm glad I can give my, my recruiting tidbits there. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate it. We're going to wrap up here soon because I got, uh, I think I'm going to get myself some steak and shake for lunch because I want. Ooh. Um, yeah, so that's kind of it. We just wanted to say hello. Hope everyone's doing well, staying safe. Uh, just give some updates. Uh, no updates on the NCAA inquiry um, quite yet. Uh, hopefully, uh, I hear back soon. Um, probably, probably won't get too much information unless uh, you know it starts to leak out. Uh, but. You know, we'll we'll keep you uh, abreast to the situation as it unfolds. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's interesting times um, with USF and uh, the NCAA, and um, I think that the final thing is uh, USF is facing Michigan in the second round of the NIT. I'll probably play that at some point um, this weekend. I think I'm going up to the in-laws. Uh, if you haven't been following along, started an NCAA basketball 2009 dynasty. And uh, I'm on, I'm I'm on year six, and finally got uh, to the postseason. So excited! Um, just going to keep doing that until sports come back because it's it's fun. Um, but other than that, is there anything else you guys want to say, touch on uh, before we get going here? I just had one question I wanted to ask and just put to the field because it's something I thought, but maybe it's not what I think. Out of all the years for this to happen, if the season gets canceled, year one for a brand new coach. Is it better to be able to develop remotely with the apps that they're using to learn what the systems are without having a year of a, a year of games, which we didn't think there was going to be a lot of competition in? Do you think this actually might we look down the road and go like, man, that year one being able to learn everything just in practice and then do it in practice, and even though a year got canceled, this this helped a lot? Or is it one of those as as, as with the new staff, it's actually more detrimental? Um, man, I, I, I'm a learn by doing kind of guy. So you can give me something and I can read it over and understand it, but I won't truly understand it until I start doing it. Um, and I think 
with, I mean, I think with the way, you know, coach Spencer's defenses, I think that's a learn by doing trial and error kind of defense to learn that the 30 float. And then, you know, Charlie West Jr.'s got just an insane mind for the, for offense. I think it, it, both sides are just learned by doing, um, you can only learn and do so much on your own on these zoom, uh, zoom calls that unless you're out on the field making the mistakes, I don't think it's really going to help much. You'll, you'll know all the terminology. You won't get confused by that, but, uh, kind of doing it. Um, and then thinking while you're tired is another thing that, uh, that would really help with like real practice. Yeah. I think it, I think it benefits them in the sense that like, Hey, you know, you get a, a almost a full entire year of learning under your belt, learning this new system and, and mentally getting ready for it. Um, and of course, you know, these guys are probably still meeting and, and running routes and everything like that and getting some practices in, but not a full team activity. Um, and then obviously the workouts are still happening as well. So I think best case scenario is the season gets canceled, but sometime in like, I don't know, November, they're able to start having practices again and, and start getting the team activities back up. Cause then, you know, you'll be well prepared for that spring practice. You've got all the mental stuff you've got ready to go. You've got the full playbooks ready and in, implemented. Plus you get continuity. Um, you know, if they, if they, I mean, I don't know how NCAA is going to handle, um, you know, the, those players graduating, if they're going to get another season, but I, I would be hard pressed to say that none of the current seniors are going to forego another season of playing. Um, in lieu of trying to go to the NFL. I, I think KJ is going to stay. I think Mike Hampton's going to stay if they're able to, to get another year um, if the season gets canceled. So I think it's just more of a benefit for USF if the season gets canceled. I don't think it's detrimental if they still have to have the season. I think one way or another, it's going to be bad. But you know, I, I think it'll be a little bit of a, a more upbringing for them if they were to um, be able to just kind of start fresh in, in November or something like that. Cool. Uh, I think that's it. I appreciate you guys listening to this abridged version of the Daily Stampede's The Bluminati Podcast. Uh, it was fun. I appreciate Colin, Steve, Vito hanging out with me for a little bit. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. If you want football in the near future, wear a mask. Don't be a dick. Go Bulls. Uh, and also, congratulations to you and uh, Sam on the sex. Um, I appreciate it. You know, I know it's a team effort. You know, good job. Proud of you. Thanks. Good work. <laughs> Congratulations. Super excited for that. <laughs> go, right. Bulls. go Bulls, wear a mask. Go Bulls, wham, wear a mask.